0: Sure, you want to move to California, right? Yeah, sign me up. All right, once you get there, I'm going to fucking (coughs) saw that bitch off and push you right out to sea. Well,
1: listen to this episode. You might not have to. (laughs) They're doing it themselves. What is happening, you beautiful bastards? On this week's episode, we're talking to someone about an interesting topic. Should we consider splitting up the biggest U.S. states into smaller, more manageable, bite-sized states? But before we get into it, some things happened in the world since our last episode, so let's find out what happened between then and now. In recent news this week, an iPhone cult member learned the hard way that Apple isn't looking out for him at all. He found an app in the App Store to buy Bitcoin and decided right now was the best time to buy $1 million worth. Turns out the app was a scam, so he just ended up with a suitcase full of IOUs, just like Lloyd Christmas. Dude, <laughs> would
0: you ever... <laughs> Like, if you had a a million dollars to liquidate, uh, would you ever just be like, I'm going to open this up on my phone and purchase? Fuck no.
1: (laughs) I wouldn't buy a million dollars of any one thing ever. Oh my God. How did this man get a million dollars? (laughs) That's just ridiculous. I guess if I was Bezos, I would. But uh, speaking of stealing everything in sight, China's been consistently in the news every day this week. Do you remember when COVID broke out and the first thought was, hey, There's a lab here in Wuhan where the outbreak started. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in that lab, they do medical testing and research on viruses. Coronaviruses, specifically. The World Health Organization did a thorough investigation into the cause of COVID-19 by spending one week in quarantine and one week asking around town about the Wuhan lab. (laughs) It turns out there's nothing to see here. Just ask the Chinese government. I know, because they're paying me to say this. So rest assured, this definitely... Probably came from an animal, I think.
0: So here's my thing on all of this, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if there's anything that uh, the past four years did to us, it le- taught us not to touch, uh, not to touch, not to uh, trust the CDC or the WHO, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I saw, I remember seeing an a interview with the WHO, and I don't even think it had to do with um, COVID at the time and they were trying to get there it it was an interview about taiwan and they were trying to get him to basically say taiwan and uh the the guy from hugh kept saying china and to the point where they're like it's not china it's taiwan and the guy basically just left he fucking hung up on him (laughs) i was like are you fucking kidding me the world health organization can't even recognize like it how fucking deep are we in China's pockets that you can't even have a real conversation?
1: It's uh, it's a political thing, but China's hand is so far up whose ass that it's just a Chinese puppet. Pretty much. That's pretty much it for China, though. Uh, Grizz, what did you find?
0: I have, out of what you've had so far, the most important information ever. Jerry and I are car guys. Uh, lately, I've been seeing a, a beast on the road. It is the Ford Bronco Sport. Have you seen this yet? I have,
1: I've actually seen a couple of different trim levels and they're actually totally different vehicles if you look at the trim level differences.
0: Well, so I just, uh, just the sport, right? I haven't seen the Ford Bronco in person yet, so I'm not going to speak to it, but I saw the sport and I said, what the fuck? That's the ugliest piece of shit I've ever goddamn seen. It's a Honda Element with a Ford emblem on it. What the fuck did you do (laughs) for
1: I actually said it kind of looks like a Land Rover and an FJ Cruiser forgot to use a condom
0: next time you see it look at it and tell me <laughs>
1: that's not a honda element all right that's all and i'm gonna see now that. jerry what do you
0: think they put in that thing for a motor
1: at least that the, the uh, turbo v6 and possibly the five liter v8 uh a 1.5 liter and a 2.0 liter a 1. F- what is it yeah. at least turbo I,
0: I it would have to be at that at that size if it's not turboed you'd literally would might have as well to be. just get out and push
1: i think yeah. a toyota tercel has something to say to you no no for a ford it would have to be
0: all right and we're not right, talking yeah. toyota here i'll buy that. talking ford <laughs> uh and uh, any of their small EcoBoost boost fucking motors are turboed right did you ever see the bronco in its heyday you know back in oj there's a giant land crushing <laughs> suv dude it was a fucking truck with and it had a, a, a cover on the back that was removable which i don't think the sport does but the other one does nowadays And dude, that thing had the biggest fucking V8 they sold. That thing was just a beast of a vehicle. And now they got this little wimpy, dinky piece of shit Honda Element remake. I used to piss on Honda Elements because they were so ugly. Wow, you're messed up. Oh, dude, I fucking hate them. Well, Well, now now it's the Ford Bronco. Way to go, Ford. (laughs) Fucked
1: it all up. Good job, Ford. Good job, China. Way to screw
0: that whole fucking pooch.
1: Good job, Lloyd Christmas iPhone cult member. (laughs) And with that, let's move on to the show.
0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Beautiful Bastards. Jerry, what do we got
1: going on today? Uh, Well, today we have uh, an interesting guest. His name is Taylor. So, Taylor, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell everybody who you are
2: yeah interesting certainly a way to put it uh my name is taylor eland i am a co-host on a show called contrarix which is a conservative political podcast that you can find on your preferred platform what we serve to do um is basically try and create more evergreen content concerning you know my side of the political aisle as opposed to just being another ben shapiro clone talking about news um so you know kyle and i uh, who is my co-host uh Try and talk about the big tent of conservatism and basically what it means uh, from different points of view. So Kyle is more of a traditional uh, social conservative. I'm a moderate with a libertarian streak. Um, A little bit about who I am personally. I am a 23-year-old Californian. I'm about to graduate from law school and be an attorney based out of Fresno, California. I studied biology in undergrad. Uh, Total tech nerd. (laughs) And more recently, I have been spending way too much time enjoying my big speakers on my computer desk. So that's just a little bit about me as well. So I'm not just a political figure who's boring.
1: (laughs) Well, it's actually, it's really interesting that you are 23 and a conservative because, you know, most people your age, when they hear the word conservative, they think of Republicans in Congress, which so far, especially over the last year and a half, have proven to be really shitty people. Yeah. Uh, I can roll with that. And I've actually had this argument with people your age before where being a conservative does not equate you to those people.
2: No, I'm not mentioning Being McConnell. a conservative,
1: right. Be, being a conservative 20, 30 years ago was totally different yeah. uh, as far as American citizens go. Yeah, I agree. But you're uh, a proponent of an idea that's not really new. Uh, I think it's been going around for the last 30 years or so, but it's gained some momentum over the last year uh maybe maybe a little bit uh further away than that i'm not too sure uh but especially with it with the recent political atmosphere in the us right now right
2: uh i would think so I, I it's not quite mainstream because i don't think people understand it it sounds uh crazy and a little kooky but i think if i you know give some time to lay it out i think it'll make more sense
1: so what exactly is the idea
2: so the idea that Um, Kyle and I have talked about on our show has to do with breaking up large states. And we talk about it primarily through the lens of breaking up California because we're both Californians. And I I always find it important to preface this discussion by saying this is not just because we're conservatives mad that California is blue. Um, To be honest, I don't really care if California is blue because that's how states are supposed to work. And if I don't like it, I can leave. Uh, I just don't want to leave the issue really comes down to this problem of representation. So in the last two years, especially, um, however, it's been going on for decades at this point, the last two years, especially, we've seen an uptick in events that are dangerous, um, that are violent and that are political in nature. And they've come from both sides. Uh, we've, we've seen, you know, Left leaning people commit acts of violence, and right leaning people commit acts of violence, and the issues seem to stem from a lack of being heard. So, what we've proposed is basically splitting California up into multiple states. Now, this isn't the first, we're not the first to do so. There have been a number of, you know, separatist movements as opponents to this idea call them to make them sound mean and bad and terrible. but what we're wanting to do is make basically make it to where individuals in California are being represented by people who embody what they believe, and this is you know greater than California itself. I think this would also be a great idea to do for Texas. I think Texas is another great example of a state that could be broken up so that you know people within their respective areas feel heard because we've this sort of overabundance of. Looking at people who represent us in the federal government, but the thing is, is that there's about one representative for uh, somewhere around the area of seven hundred thousand constituents. You find me a person who can accurately represent seven hundred thousand people near them, and I got a bridge to sell you. It's just not a thing. You know what I mean? Like you, you get ten people in a room, and if it's a good room, nobody agrees on anything. So, what? we want is to create a system in which that number, at least for Californians, is significantly lower. Um, it's all part of this like larger grant scheme that if you gave Kyle and I the world, we would um, fix a lot of things <laughs> concerning representation, especially in the federal side. Uh, but California is ripe with The problem that two cities primarily, um, and you can make an argument for a third, maybe a fourth, but two cities dictate the whims of what is essentially almost 40 million people, documented and undocumented. And it doesn't matter how many people live in L.A. or San Francisco. California is a much bigger state than that. Uh, And, you know, the interest of L.A., San Francisco, Sacramento, perhaps even to a point San Diego, are not necessarily the interest of a Fresno or a Bakersfield or a Redding. Um, or even a Eureka, you know, once you get really high up there. So
1: yeah, it looks like too. You can you can really clearly see a political divide with uh, the urban areas, which you just mentioned those. But then you go out to the the desert counties and uh, northern California, especially, it's not even the same planet.
2: Yeah, it's not the same planet culturally. It's not the same planet politically. It's not the same planet economically. It's not the same planet in so many different regards and doesn't seem right for a community such as, um, Reading to be dictated by the winds of Los Angeles, which is hundreds of miles away. Mm -hmm. So that's the premise of the idea. A lot of other people have suggested splitting up California. The typical suggestion is two or three States. It doesn't solve anything. So Kyle and I have started with six as a minimum, um, because there's just too many different, locations to consider here you know what i mean um so just to kind of give a bird's eye view of what those six would look like it would be san diego county orange county and imperial county as one small state that would be purple in nature uh los angeles and some of the surrounding counties which would be contender for one of the bluest states in the union Uh, the entirety of the central valley uh, and maybe even the central coast and it's just because of economic ties, that would be purple in nature, it leans blue. Uh, this, the Bay Area would be its own state, which would, again, be a contender, if not the likely winner, of the bluest state in the nation. The Sacramento area, uh, which would hopefully be purple, but would probably be blue. And then the rest of the state, which would be NorCal, um, as minimums uh, to create six states and to allow people to have a bigger say in how their community is ran.
1: Now, what, what I've seen mostly so far was uh, anywhere from three to five, with three probably being the most common. Yes. Uh, now, California has, what is it, uh, two senators?
2: Well, every state has two senators. Yep.
1: Yeah, right. And uh, then that'll, if you were to split it up to three, that would give you six for that area. Yep. And then you'd end up just, you get two for every single one. Uh, how do you think that's going to affect? things in Washington, if you end up with uh, six sets of senators now, instead of one set.
2: Well, I mean, you know, people often jump straight to the federal question. And to be, to be frank with you, the federal issue isn't a big issue for me. Um, I think in, I think it would allow for, you would definitely have two, you have the two blue senators now, right? So if you have LA and San Francisco as separate states, you automatically have four blue senators and that that's partially by design um then with the red then with norcal you're probably gonna get two red senators all right so so far you've only you've added four senators and it's a wash um then you're gonna add what is san diego county which is purple um you know and you can I th- republicans if they actually wanted to make a play for that area they could do so so you could you could go one one you could go it could go either way and the mm-hmm. same thing really is guess, as for the central valley although the central valley i as a citizen of that area, I would not be surprised to see two Republican senators. I I could also see a situation where if the Democrats wanted to make a push, they really could. And to me, that's actually really what I want. What I don't want is 40 million people uh, basically being ignored because the both parties look at it and go, eh, it's going to go blue. You know what I mean? Like, There's just not a big reason for the Republicans to push for a Republican senator here. and also, I think what makes Californian politics so unique is that, you know, when I call myself a conservative, I often preface it like I'm a California conservative, um, which means that you know I'm basically a capitalist and I don't care what you do socially. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that—that's conservatism over here. Um, th- there are there are people who want the more hardcore, whether that be Trump or a social conservative type. Um, republicanism here it doesn't exist here in numbers you know it's not not like we're going to create a bunch of trumps or we're going to create a bunch of um hardcore you know religious types it's just not going to happen because people from california we're we're just more chill you know we don't care if you you know (laughs) we don't care if you smoke pot we don't care if you marry someone who's the same gender as you and really those aren't issues here so what you would probably see really is a is a more capitalist versus socialist type of difference in politics as opposed to um a social difference, uh, differentiation. Maybe in NorCal, that'd be a little different, but not really. I mean, do what you want. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> so that, so, the, so the quickly answer the federal question, I, what I would expect would happen, would it would lean Democrat. And you know what? Frankly, that means the Republicans need to step it up and I don't really care. Um, because yeah. really, my interest is primarily stateside, not federal, because I think if the states were more competitive, then perhaps that would make the national parties, you know, care more
0: i mean it, what you're proposing is interesting because if you look at most states the i mean even you take my state my state is rhode island we're tiny as hell around the cities are all blue and then the outskirts are mostly red but you're dealing with a, a much larger state with a shit ton more people yep but even if you broke it up i mean if you get out the whole Not so much just voting tendencies, but do you actually think that your voices would be heard and taken care of as far as locale?
2: I think you would be more likely to be, and remind, and you have to forgive me because I don't know anything about Rhode Island. You guys are very small. So what is the primary city in your state? (laughs) Providence. Okay. Providence. And how far away are you from, let's say, I don't know trying to remember where Rhode Island is and then where
0: literally you can cross the entire state in any direction in an hour
2: yeah yeah, I know so what what's an hour what's a city six hours from you that's big
0: I mean I can get to I can get to Boston in an hour I can get to New York in three
2: all right but how about six there's a point to this
0: Uh, if I wanted to go six hours I'm going down to like almost to DC okay
2: so imagine then if you would so Rhode Island's blue I know this um, and let, let's, let's say, you know, you're a conservative on the outskirts of Providence and you're, and you're, and you're going to be ruled by Democrats, whatever, maybe this is true. Do you try, who do you trust more to care for your rural community? Even if you're still an afterthought, do you trust Providence who at least has some sort of connection to you? Or do you trust Washington DC, which is six hours away?
0: Oh no, I understand where you're coming from. I'm just saying when, when you break it down, I mean, i I lean right of center, anyways. To me, I'm at the point now where I just don't trust politicians in general. <laughs> to me, it set them all on fire and, that's and also, restart. <laughs> that's
2: a fair point. <laughs> um, but and it, it, it kind of you still it's still the same analysis, right? If you're going to vote oh, yeah, for I somebody, understand. would you prefer to have a you know somebody from Providence represent you versus somebody from uh, you see In my case, you know, six hours of San Diego, four hours is um, Los Angeles. If I'm from like. Reading or Eureka in Los Angeles is now you know, approaching 10 hours away. That yeah. person cannot represent me. They do not know what I think. They do not know what I believe in. And even if they come by for a weekend trip once a year, they still don't have a clue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and in this You're- state, our politicians are primarily from two cities. I mean, they're primarily from um, San Francisco, and they're primarily from Los Angeles. In some really crazy scenarios, you have the DA from San Francisco... Basically terming out, moving to L.A., and then becoming the DA of Los Angeles. That's what we currently have right now down there. And, you know, being the DA of Los Angeles puts you on the fast track to statewide politics so that you can make decisions for the entirety of the state.
1: Now, now California is, it's it's a big state. It's a massive state. For our, for our UK and uh, really global listeners, California's economy is big enough, and it's big enough in population and size, that... If it could be its own country and attend the G8 summit, that's how big California is. So they're big enough to be a country, but they're ran like a state, which I can see from your perspective. That's not a good way of doing business because it's very ineffective to control an entire state that large from basically two cities, right? Yeah,
2: essentially, you know, and you, you're kind of nailing. You're alluding to a bigger thing here: is that it's it's a it's a state being. It's a it's essentially a country being ran like a state. That's correct. And realistically, what you have to consider is that the if we look at all the inadequacies of the federal government right now, because our population, um, for and for those non-Americans who may not understand what I'm kind of getting at here, are are we put way too much emphasis on the feds right? Mm. And the feds as a body of, I mean, I get that they have a support staff, but generally as a body of about 500 people, you know, you put the relevant players on the administrative and the legislative side together, run a country of, you know, 300 and some odd million people. And it's just not efficient. Um, and it's not efficient for all the wrong reasons, because since they have this consolidated power, there's not a lot of talk and a lot of Americans get lost in the crossfire. Uh, right now, you know, we seem to be talking a lot about mass shootings again and realistically what are mass shootings? Mass shootings are people who don't feel heard, right? And they don't feel heard for a whole number of reasons. And you know, whether that be in Colorado where you, you know, you expect the result to be what it is or whether that be in a state like Texas, which is actually becoming more and more purple. Mass shooters are still mass shooters and they're still basically people who have been left behind in some capacity.
0: Um, Yeah, you're going to have mass shootings everywhere. And to me, getting rid of guns isn't going to solve any of that. Right.
2: But what you could have, you are much more likely to be heard if you have access to the people who make decisions for you. I do not have access to even my state representative. Here's a crazy number that Kyle brought up on my co-host when we were talking about it. Again, the average person to representative ratio on the federal side is like 700,000 to one. The number Mm -hmm. is worse in California so californians yeah. are better represented federally than on the state side which is completely back words you know what i mean <laughs> it's just wrong so if you make it to where you know you kind of break down the arbitrary number that that congress has set for itself at 435 or whatever it is um and and then allow more representation for californians you would have a m- A more difference in opinion because you'd have six different states that all run themselves, uh, which would solve a myriad of statewide political issues that I'm not even going to bore you with. Um, So you'd have more representation. You'd have more competition between the states. uh, You would have people like, Fresno is a great example. I guess I have to bore you a little bit with this political thing to make it make sense. Uh, A lot of Southern California takes a lot of water from the rest of the state. Imagine that your part of the world feeds a significant portion of the U.S. and the state didn't even give a rat's ass about your water so all that water that's supposed to you you know feed uh, not only just your state but like a large portion of the country if not a good portion of the world all that water is being diverted to los angeles and you have no say in it because all the politicians are from primarily two cities
0: yeah i've heard that one before i mean the problem is it's squeaky wheel gets the the grease right if la which is a massive city and same with san francisco no matter what the issues are there, you're going to hear them where these small towns, you're never going to hear anything come out
2: of Right, them. so create more squeaky wheels.
1: Yeah. Now, you, just, you actually just reminded me uh, with uh, mentioning water there. I see, uh, splitting up the states, uh, you know, California in particular, I see the potential here for uh, a kind of Mad Max scenario because you can end up isolating major resources from certain areas. So all the most populated areas that need the most water, like L.A., uh, they have the least amount of water available to them. So just looking at the geography of the new map that we'd end up with, you'll have all the liberal urban areas resource poor and all the rural conservative areas resource rich as far as California goes anyway.
2: I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I could be wrong. I'm not in California. but Yeah, uh, you, you, you have a acorn of truth in there. Um, there, okay. there would be suddenly, overnight, the people having resources essentially stolen from them would have a would have a say in the matter you're right um so if you don't mind me spinning it that way a little bit look if you move to a city that has no water a that's not necessarily my fault but b i'm not going to let you die i just want to be able to basically be paid right because yeah. you're basically taking a resource that i also need and let's not act like you know this is just going to be a bunch of central californians dangling water to you know to the um south and just kind of being like neener neener neener. look what we got now uh what it's what really needs to happen is there needs to be a better flow of um resources both ways there needs to be a better flow of money both ways if we're going to talk specifically about the water and look us not having water is bad for you too because we grow your food (laughs) you like you know if you like your corn if you like your um, you like your cattle, if you like your peaches, if you like all the produce that you can get super cheap in California because it's grown only 100 miles away from you, you might want to provide a little bit more water to the people who actually grow it.
0: It's also jacked up to start a city where you can't where there is no water. But
2: uh, yeah, if you really want to piss off uh, a couple of well-researched Californians, we can talk about the the L.A. aquifer and. how stupid that whole project was 100 years ago let alone now uh it also might force some of these more coastal areas to actually research desalination plants which is another solution that we always kick around and the same we get the same response it's just too expensive it's just not worth it it's like yeah well once upon a time the car was too expensive and now it's commodity so you can you know hurry up and get on that
0: yeah but those i mean we have those everywhere else how are they not doing it in freaking in california
2: because why bother when you can just get the water from somewhere else in the state that presumably yours, and just redirect it
0: i mean this is going to re- be a, reach a point where they're going to have to do that anyways you get you too would many think. damn people
1: now uh we had we had discussed this situation a little bit off the air on uh, a different conversation and that was what kind of sparked this idea with the whole resource issue uh so my initial thought was what's the likelihood that these new borders are going to create a potential trade barrier or resource hoarding but it kind of sounds talking to you now like they're already struggling with that same kind of thing now with an open border.
2: Yeah, essentially. You know, you're not even getting into the legal ramifications of these new borders, which would be interstate commerce and suddenly federal regulation, right. which may or may not make it better or worse. I don't know. It's too complicated for my brain. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't really see the resource problem as like a potential. Uh, well, let me put it this way. You don't see Washington hoarding resources from Idaho. You know, states are relatively smart enough to understand that trade between them is a good thing, and if that means that LA gets a little less water because they have to bargain for it, then so be it. But what they, it, I I won't wouldn't be surprised if the situation like that situation in particular didn't t- change too much. It just meant that the that the um, Central Valley got paid more for it you know what I mean? suddenly it was a more fair trade. And, you know, critics will often say, well, you get the benefit of California programs, So shut up type of thing. Like nothing would change there. And that's not really true because a, if you look at the implementation of policies throughout the entire state, the state's too big. It can't do it. Well, our roads are proof of that. Um, and you know, I would much rather have a Let's look at roads. I would much rather have a transportation system based out of Fresno handle Fresno area roads than a transportation system based out of Sacramento with major offices in LA and San Francisco handling the roads. Jasta. Do you so have shitty roads? You, you, do our roads are terrible. There's How a, the
0: hell t- do you have shitty roads? What the hell fucks up your roads?
2: Right? <laughs> we have no weather to really do it, and yet they still find a way.
0: Other than earthquakes. <laughs> And if an earthquake fucks up your road, all right, fine. I accept it. But like, you guys don't have potholes.
2: Oh, well, no, my entire city has potholes. And that's, and that's Fresno is doing okay with roads. Uh, There's a joke. It's when you drive into Vegas, when you drive into Nevada, uh, the roads suddenly turn into these marvelous, like, creations of human nature, of uh, human ingenuity. It's like, they're so smooth and they're so buttery and they're so great and they're so quiet. And then you go right back into the California side. It's an absolute shithole all the way through. Um... Yeah, our I roads mean, are. We trash. see that
0: in other places too, but I
1: wouldn't think there'd be that many potholes in California. That surprised me too. But uh, California is actually obviously notorious for their traffic. Oh, dude, fuck! That. If they actually if they focused on infrastructure and fixed their roads, is there a way for that to get better, or are you guys just too crammed with people?
2: Uh, I think Southern California does certainly have a density issue. However, again, who is mo- who is the best equipped? to handle that issue, right? If LA wants to solve this traffic problem, does it really need the state senator from Fresno hogging up resources and hogging up time on the state floor? Probably not. right? I mean, I can argue this both ways. I can make this make sense for everybody. LA is best equipped to handle LA's traffic issues, period. End of story. There's There's really no reason to involve state senators who are 600 miles away. Um, and in that sort of process, nor, nor is there any reason to involve state bureaucrats, you know, unelected bureaucrats who work in Sacramento and live in Sacramento and have lived in Sacramento their entire lives. The, the whole point is so that people feel heard. And part of that is that the people in their communities know what's best for their own communities. And they are the people best suited to fix their communities.
0: Now, do you think this will actually ever happen?
2: Um, yeah, it, that's a, it's a good question. And it's, Will it happen at the scale of which I am at currently? No. Uh, frankly. That, that- I,
0: I mean, I've heard that I've heard it being proposed several times before. I've heard it pro- being proposed all over the place. And the problem is the people who have to make it change wouldn't benefit from the change. So why
2: would they well, change? Well, I it? see that. And that's kind of the difference that I'm saying a lot of times this is brought up. It's brought up from like a conservative versus a Democrat point of view, where it's basically yeah. NorCal mm-hmm. versus SoCal. and, yeah, that's destined to fail because, you know, that means you need 51% of the vote. And, well, how would that ever work out? You have to get the party in power to agree to it. And uh, really what I'm trying to say is that it doesn't matter where you are. People from 600 miles away cannot help you. They don't know what oh, you need. Now, I, th- I
0: absolutely agree with that. I just don't think that. I think the people that you would have to get to actually make the change happen, good luck trying to get right. that. Right, and happen, I don't think you, know you could
2: mean? do it through the traditional means of Power right The people who are currently in the state government are not interested in sharing the power. Uh, uh, well, what would be the traditional way for this
1: to become the law of the land if they wanted this to happen and everyone was in agreement with it? What's the typical procedure for that to happen?
2: Well, uh, so in California, what one benefit we do have and it's it's a disaster and an amazing thing at the same time is that we have like every election year we have initiatives on the state ballot that basically can are amendments to our state constitution. So realistically, you could do a ballot initiative um, if you get enough signatures and you get enough uh, funding that would go statewide. And we're seeing this right now with the recall of Gavin Newsom. So there are ways to do it. The problem is, is that those in power now are not going to be interested in breaking up the fifth largest economy in the world. Um, because those in power are attracted to it. This just seems to be how it works. So the way that I would want to go about it, and I'm, you know, this is a 10 to 20 year plan, and I'm starting it now by talking to people, like you guys to get the word out, is convincing communities that it's a good idea, both within and outside of California, because frankly, right now, when you bring it up, it gets kind of thrown in the, um, you're a far right conspiracy theorist who just is mad that, you know, taxes are too damn high it's like no 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 no. i don't really care i don't really care if you raise taxes as long as you do it by the consent of your own community so i think you almost have to do uh and and it pains me a little bit to say this as a conservative uh, you almost have to do the bernie sanders grassroots approach in order for this to have any chance in hell of working
1: i don't necessarily disagree with you i mean before we started talking i was kind of of the opinion that uh, i don't think it's a good idea okay but i also i'm not as studied on it as you Another thing that I came across while I was uh, you know, doing some reading to see what exactly happens here, what's the possibility, what are the metrics involved, we're talking about how likely it is for this to actually p- pass in Congress, and even on your state level. That's a huge barrier for you. Yep. But I've seen the alternative option is to just kind of split it up into, I think the most common one was just three areas of California, yeah. and have three governing bodies that share that share that responsibility instead of right now having Gavin Newsom, who essentially seems like he's just the governor of Hollywood.
2: (laughs) Hollywood and his uh, friends over in Napa Valley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You, you, so you basically want to turn California into the United States of California to now we have three different, that would be confusing. Um, But, we already kind of do that with counties on county like counties are basically what you're talking about and cities are smaller yeah. components of that and well it's not working uh, the you know the fact is that power consolidates at the top of the structure and it doesn't matter how many layers you put in between it at the end of the day the top of the structure is still going to be disproportionately powerful so you might as well i i see it being easier and maybe this is just because i'm young and naive. I see this being easier to split up states than trying to commit Sacramento to treat three different geographical population centers with ease. And again, three doesn't really solve it. Three is a number thrown around a lot. Um, three doesn't solve it because ultimately LA is going to be in one of those three, San Francisco is going to be one of those three and then Sacramento, which right now shows an extension of those two would be in the other one. Most likely Mm -hmm. And you end up with the exact same issue. Because yeah,
1: even um, if you split it three ways, it's still a huge
0: area.
2: Yeah, they're still huge states.
0: Well, it's also whenever I've seen the three, it seems like it's always being broken down into, you know, conservatives versus liberals. It's never, um, it never makes sense location. Yeah,
2: and I don't think that that's a good idea anyway. You know, I, I said on another no. podcast, the goal is purple. The goal isn't red and blue. Uh, uh, because right now we're doing this red and blue thing as a country and it's not working.
0: Oh, God, no. It's The system's so broken, it's not even funny.
2: Yeah. So the the goal is purple, not red and blue. And six kind of helps solve that. I mean, there are, you, you can't make L.A. purple. You can't make San Francisco purple. So you just got to roll with it. And maybe you throw in one red one just to balance that out. But you want as many purple states as possible. And six is a minimum. Um, in a perfect world, you would probably do more like nine, but that would just be a mess. <laughs> And I, you know, I have to say when I have these conversations, I try not to even get too far in the federal side of things. Cause it's such a roadblock that the roadblock doesn't even matter until you clear the state hurdle. Yeah. And really what needs to happen is there needs to, there needs to be so many Californians fed up with a, the other side, because it's going to be the Republican issue and b their own side, because sure, they might like Democrats, but they might not like LA Democrats in order to cause so much pressure on the politicians that they have to concede. Um, I don't want to say riot, but it would look a lot like that to where if they don't understand that the people want this and you just have to convince the people that they want it, uh, bad things are going to start to happen for one reason or another. Well, that's
0: the problem nowadays is you see more and more of uh, we're getting out of the whole peaceful protesting and, and now, especially after the sixth. You're seeing politicians start to realize that they need to make decisions on these things, versus just being like, "Oh, it's a protest; it's okay."
2: Right. Well, the protest like, means we just something. had another.
0: We had a police officer die on on Friday. Yeah,
2: and that's terrible. And but people are killing people because they're not heard, especially when the violence is political in nature. That police officer, you really think that police officer died because that person was happy with what's going on? No, I mean, I'm not saying I, you I've do. Said I said
0: this to Jerry. Yeah. No, no, no I know. Uh, I've said this to Jerry multiple times because I, I feel like right now we are we're at a, a crossroads, um, and we're we're edging towards my belief that both sides, being conservative and liberal, are getting crazier and crazier with their bullshit. Yep. Right, and it's getting to a point. It to me, it just happened with conservatives, right, with Republicans. They crossed that threshold of being batshit crazy to where even conservatives like myself went. What the fuck's going on here why like i don't i don't agree with you anymore i used to be like yep i agree with a lot of their stuff and then you're towing towards that line where it's like you guys are getting crazy i'm not i don't want to touch that now i'm edging back to center and the left i thought truth be told i thought the left was going to do this first i was i couldn't have been more wrong the left you're starting to see edge towards the insanities line and again people are just going to start edging towards the center again when are we going to see that to where we can actually make some changes versus just we're going back and forth on this four year bullshit ride of, oh, they did it. Now we're countering it and we're going back and forth and nothing's getting done.
2: Yeah. How, how long are we going to ride Heidel's Pendulum? Um, exactly. I, I don't. I think we're going to continue to ride it. And unfortunately, I think it's only going to get worse if we don't find a way to moderate to modernize. Like, it's not a word, but you know what yeah, I mean, but
0: the problem is it's going to come down to is it's going to come down to the public doing things like rioting and I, that I don't condone that. I don't think that's the right thing, but that's what it's going to come down to as fucked up as it yeah, is. Yeah,
2: but why are people rioting?
0: I, I agree. Well, there's a mul- to me, there's you have multiple issues there, right? If you want to take the six as the example, I blame the Internet. If you want to take Black Lives Matter as an issue, that to me is they're not being heard. You know i mean the six they're not being heard either but that's also still they're being fed lies through the internet because it's not being you know what i mean you you they're in their bubble and their bubble isn't being there no one's entering that going hey you guys are a little fucked." they're up in their here.
2: bubble okay I, I wanted to get there they're in a bubble and the left is in a bubble too oh
0: yeah absolutely um, everyone is <laughs> yeah
2: and but the thing is, is that the bubbles are getting more and more one-sided and now right now the answer is look okay there got okay, one one representative for every 700 and something thousand people that is nuts that was insane if i don't like my represent uh, representative um, i you know it could just be that oh well maybe i'll just go to a different county that's run better but now states are structured in such a way that it's not really possible it's going to be whatever's based on the states so now you have you know these you have states reorganizing themselves based on politics we've we've learned this lesson before and apparently we've forgotten it <laughs> um so now you have you know florida's getting redder and redder by the day which means you have a bunch of conservatives in one spot all talking to each other and they're the party in power and they're going to radicalize because they're the only people they're talking to california new york washington whatever they're getting bluer and bluer by the day because people are you know people are moving out of the the conservative hellholes to go live in liberal paradise and people are moving out of the liberal hellholes to go to live in um conservative paradise mm. and there are no purple states anymore and the, the very few states that are purple both sides are trying to rig the game to where they no longer are by definition of the rules you know we're seeing this on some level in georgia we've seen we're seeing this in some level in pennsylvania all these states that you know the election was stolen from because people don't know how evidence works and it wasn't stolen yeah but it's whatever. crazy uh they're changing the rules of the game to where one side still is likely to win, you know? And we've all learned about this. When we were all in school, we all learned about gerrymandering, right? So other states have been doing this forever. I'm sure Texas has done it to some degree to make it to where it's easier for Republicans to win there because Republicans are empowered. That's why Republicans suddenly care about all the state legislatures at about the turn of each decade. And, you know, it's clearly evident here in California as a Californian that the Democrats have an easier path to victory. to their representative seats because they're the way the everything is districted. Well, I mean, so, anyone I th- who
0: ran
1: as a Republican in,
0: in California would be <laughs> batshit
1: crazy, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Andy and I are on the East Coast, and we can see that even uh, you know looking at Texas and California, that Republican and Democrat have an easy path in their respective state, and we're not even anywhere yeah. near you.
2: Right, and and part of that is just that there's too many people governed by too few. So if you go to your state level body what you know pick a relevant body whether it's an administrative one or a legislative one what are the odds that they give a fuck about your opinion they're not gonna <laughs> they None. don't care now if you go to your city council what are the odds they give a fuck about your opinion they're not gonna <laughs> significantly higher
0: <laughs> no not in my mind no, I, again don't. burn them all
1: <laughs> well they'll at least talk
0: to you they, they will be no, I that, will have that's a, huge yeah i'll have a better chance with my city than i will with with the the state but i still feel like they don't give a fuck about you i to me but they
2: uh, but let's say they're more willing to talk to you yes, maybe that's all people really want they're more willing to talk to you
0: mm-hmm.
2: if you go to your local planning district do you know what planning district you're in no didn't think so you know no, I don't um <laughs> if you go to your local planning district the likelihood they're talking to you approaches one hundred percent because, frankly, they probably live near you. Yeah. We learned very early on in this country that decentralized power makes people happy because ha- people want a choice in how their lives are run. My vote in California for president, my vote for Trump was irrelevant. Oh yeah. It was more a silent protest. My vote for Devin Nunes, well, it hurt me to vote for him. To be perfectly honest with you, but slightly less relevant but like it's still an R district for him he was probably gonna win it so it's still kind of irrelevant and that doesn't make much sense right i mean people always say well after millions of votes then it starts to count it's like but why is that number millions why shouldn't it be dozens or hundreds or thousands even you know what i mean so you just want to bring it closer to home because if i if my state was just the 200 miles around me as opposed to the i don't know seven then if I go to my state rep, the chances that he'll talk to me are significantly higher. Right. Yeah. And that's all people want.
0: I mean, I listen, I agree with you. I fully understand where you're coming from. I just don't see it actually happening because. Well, yeah, yeah and that's a different discussion. The people who, who are going to benefit time. from it aren't going to make, you know what I mean? Like, are the people who need to make the change aren't going to benefit from it.
2: I agree with you. And that's just a matter of it's an issue of time and it's an issue of care. And frankly, part of it is an issue of me screaming a little louder to trying to get more <laughs> people on board. Um, but yes, I, I don't think that this is going to be a, a quick movement. You know, I, I, it's a 20 year at best. It's a 20 year plan.
1: Taylor, I, I'm, I'm, I just want to point out, I'm not being an asshole when I ask you this question, but do you have Democrat friends? Of course. Okay. So, He's in California, it, man. <laughs> listen, we're, I'm in Connecticut. You're in Rhode Island. There's, I think there's a, a harsher divide between Democrat and Republican here. But, you know, California is a little more tolerant of each other. But uh, do you have Democrat and liberal friends that kind of share this opinion on uh, the idea of splitting up the state of California?
2: No. Why would they?
1: Well, that's that's what I was curious about. Are, but that's my point. Do they have, like, legitimate reasons why it's a bad idea?
2: The The... The same reasons come up when people dismiss it. Um, when the LA Times dismiss it, it's a matter of, unfortunately, it's partisan. But why is it partisan? It's partisan because half the side, well, it's not really half. It's not like thirty percent because of the way the numbers play out. But thirty percent of the population is unheard, so obviously, thirty percent are going to have a more vested interest and be more likely to take this up. I think part of it is that Democrats haven't really had the conversation. Mm-hmm. And you know, you made a little quip about maybe we're just less divided over here. Uh, 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 the liberals I was here. The liberals here are absolutely atrocious to conservatives here. Um, I've I've met a good couple. I've met I've met, I've met a couple of good liberals, and you know, good on them. And there's more than society may seem, but the the political differences here are still disastrous.
0: I don't know where Jerry was coming from with that because I I've been in other places where the divide is like awful up here. Yeah, you might catch a little flack, but it's nothing. I nothing disagree. like being Maybe a conservative difference with Difference in California. experiences, I guess. Well, are you talking about talking to a flaming liberal like your brother?
1: (laughs) Yeah, flaming liberals like my brother.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, that's different. You're talking to a radicalist. Like, if you're just talking to Joe Schmo while you're walking down the street, usually they'll probably be a little bit more willing to listen to you. They might not agree with you, but they'll listen to you. Where a radicalist, they're never going to listen to
1: you because they're not hearing what you're saying. Well, I think that we have uh, more of the population than you can see on social media and the news that are much closer to center than the fringes that you see on uh, social media I agree with that
2: statement but they're not talking
0: right they're well, not well so I they're think that, that lies what you were talking about before is your vote gets canceled right for years I didn't vote because I lived in Massachusetts and Massachusetts 90% of the time is blue and I was like ah eh, there's no point because we're never going to go red well that mentality and again so like this year I went I voted libertarian and our generation not so bad and your generation probably not so bad but If you talk to the older generations, they lose their mind when you do that. They're like, you're throwing away your vote. I'm not going to go vote for someone I don't agree with. You should be voting for who you agree with, not who you want, who you think has the better chance of getting in, like voting for Biden because you don't want Trump in is fucking stupid. Mm. And that's why we're in the situation we're in, because you year after year after year, you have people voting to get the other guy out when you should be voting for who's the best at the job
2: right and if you want to kind of step away from the two-party system what's the best thing you can do to do that
0: you oh, can i think you should obliterate
2: it, it well right but how do you do that you know do you do it with 50 large states or do you do it with 97 small ones uh and you know who
0: there's Holy, you, nine, one independent 97? in congress
2: right now <laughs> uh, I, i'm just throwing out random numbers
0: oh, Okay, fine. But, there, <laughs>
2: but there's one independent in congress right now if, if i'm right right bernie sanders yeah. is it
0: yeah which even bernie I, can you consider that him
2: Yeah, but, okay, but still, he he had to initially get elected outside of the duopoly. Do you think he could have done that anywhere but Vermont? No.
0: Oh, no. No. Why? Because, like, uh, to me, the two-party system is taken over, and there is your massive problem. Right, but what what gave
2: him the ability to break it? I actually don't have that answer. The size of his district, the population within it, and he could actually reach people and connect. Now, Which is
0: not as easy as thought. If you
2: want to be a libertarian, well, it's not easy at all. It's not easy in Vermont, but it's impossible in California. Oh yeah. You want to run a libertarian bid in California? You're wasting your time. You do not have the resources to travel around the state to fill the stadiums you need to fill, and to get as many just freaking newspapers into mailboxes that people probably are just going to throw away. You don't have those resources. Yeah. You can't send calculators to every house in the district like the Republican did for my district you know Evan Nunes really did that I don't know if he thought people needed to pay their taxes or was what say, was going on with that but that was weird I don't know they're a little pocket calculators I mean um,
0: I never would have thought that I would have agreed with Bernie Sanders if you talked to me 10 20 years ago and this year I listen to him on Rogan occasionally when I listen to him and I'm like sitting there and I, I agree with the, with the, everything he's putting out there but if you listen to him in the 60 seconds that, that he gets on TV he just sounds like he's out of his fucking mind
2: I think he is, but. <laughs> well, if you listen, when you
0: actually listen to what his issues are, it makes more sense. And I think He's a left-leaning populist
2: general. and populism right now is popular here because so, and it's same, you run into the same issues over and over again It's because people don't feel heard and they want to feel heard because you don't have, it shouldn't be a conservative versus liberal issue to look at the big companies that are shitting on you and say, why are you doing this? I'm a person too. And Bernie yeah. Sanders has tapped into that. Yeah. And to an extent, Trump tapped into that as well. Now, yeah.
1: we are, Andy and I both have experienced this on a day-to-day basis in the past where we talk to older Republicans and they're absolutely against any ideas that come out of the other side, even if it benefits them with respect to things like corporate taxes and getting the corporate, uh, the corporate and Congress uh, corruption under control. And it right. just blows my mind that they're so, so entrenched in this American way of thinking where I'm going to vote for the guy who has the most chance of pushing the other guy out. It's so far, it's served us really poorly and gotten us where we are right now.
0: But that's where I think we need to go. It's never going to happen, right? But to me, get rid of the party system. If you get rid of the party system, a lot of problems would be solved. And again, you still run into the issues that Taylor's running into where you're not being heard. But I feel now more than ever, you're, you're really not being heard because people are just voting for color. They're not voting for who's right for the job.
2: Yeah, and and perhaps it would be easier on a federal side to get rid of the distinction of R versus D on the ballot, but you, you're still gonna you're going to eventually run into the same problem, and I yeah I don't even know how you would handle it per se.
1: Oh, you, it will never happen. Never happen. Sounds like it's uh, not an issue we have to deal with. Um, <laughs> so Taylor, if you were in control and you could do whatever you wanted, what's your fix for the situation that you're looking at right now that has got you on this? uh idea of splitting up california
2: so right now if we're going if you want do you want federal level or state level or you just want the whole let's do both give me the big thing all right so federal level for some reason we have an arbitrary number of politicians who are allowed to be on the hill at any given point in time Um, they say it's based on population the number is constantly changing so i i I shouldn't have taken a nap from this episode and should have refreshed my memory but i think that number is like 435 Um, it's something in that ballpark Right, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if our population increases by thirty percent in fifty years. It doesn't matter; they're the same number of Congress people, which means that one for every seven hundred thousand is going to turn into one for every eight hundred thousand and one for every nine hundred thousand. I think part of it is that they don't want to build new buildings. I think part of it is that the people who are currently in those positions want to retain as much power as they can because power attracts horrible mm-hmm. people.
1: Absolutely, every time. Um,
2: and we know these things to be true. And the first thing I would do is get rid of that arbitrary number. If I could, you know what I mean? There there is no reason why I can't say one representative for every 50,000 people during this every census year, period. End of story. I don't care if that means. Yeah, then that
1: number would move up and down with the population then.
2: Yeah, it would move up more than likely than not. And we'd have to build a skyscraper or two to house all the new representatives in D.C. and get the hell over it. Um, That sounds that sounds better than the alternative, which is, you know, right now we call it a republic. But like, is it a republic or is it an oligarchy? (laughs) Because, <laughs> you know, just point. because it seems like, oh, it's more than 10 people. It's not an oligarchy. It's like, OK, 10 people for 100,000 people, you know, a thousand years ago. That's an oligarchy. Yeah. But now we're talking about 435 people for 300 and some odd million. Now, I'm not a big math brain. That's why I went to law school. But I can tell you those numbers aren't good.
0: Yeah, no, they're, they're awful. But I mean, I picture here the friggin Senate out of Star Wars right now because you'd have like, how could they ever get anything done? There'd be so right. many fucking people. Maybe they send it out I, of Star I mean? Wars is the answer.
2: Uh, it's like You're, you're no, assuming I awful, want Perry. things to get done.
0: I do. <laughs> All right, well, I want things to get done.
2: Because <laughs> I don't necessarily want things to get done on the federal level. That's the next thing I would do. I would de-emphasize the power of the federal government. Not because it's not important. It's just that the federal government is involved in things that maybe shouldn't be involved in. Well, welfare is a good example question. of this. I would much rather welfare be a state thing. Not because I think that the states have the resources to do it at the current system, they don't, clearly. But I would much rather the federal government focus on protecting the country and representing us outside of our borders and letting the states handle their own affairs. And then that would mean that the federal government would actually somehow need to tax us less, the states could tax us more, and the states could handle the things that their states need. And we kind of already see this with healthcare anyway, because a lot of the state-run health cares are primarily, like a lot of citizens who use state healthcare rely on the state level of it, not the federal level of it.
0: I don't know anyone who does the federal level of it. I know know a lot of states where the state-run healthcare runs fine, and I've known no one with the federal healthcare.
2: Yeah, and the federal government shouldn't be involved in regulating the state-run healthcare. So that's that's another thing I would do. I would make it to where there's more representation all across the board, every state in the federal, and yeah, we've had more politicians, but more politicians hopefully means more people holding others to account If you increase the number you increase the likelihood that other parties would get a foothold i would much rather have a system like we see all throughout europe where there are multiple parties and no one party usually has a majority and they have to create these coalitions which means they have to compromise for crying out loud um, as opposed to the ever more charged and ever more radicalized two-party system we have now the democratic party that i grew up with the democrats who called me in high school a racist a nazi a fascist pale in comparison to the Democratic Party today, and it hasn't even been 10 years. That's a product of the fact that we have this two-party system that's always radicalizing itself.
1: It's more drastic even for Andy and myself. Uh, I'm I'm 32, so it's been a while since I was in high school, but Andy is even more ancient than myself, so he's seen a, a bigger change than even I have. It's uh, amazing how different, really, everybody in Congress is and how they how they operate now. It's basically, it looks like they just were like, yeah, okay, we're corrupt, so... I guess now that you know, we'll do it in the open. That's really what it looks like,
2: right? And, and what are you going to do? You're going to primary Mitch McConnell?
1: Yeah, it isn't really nothing. You we and can what do. war chest? Yeah, I've just been hoping for him to die. Really, <sighs> he
0: can't die, Jerry. We've been over this. That's right. He lives <laughs> on
1: the souls of uh, the damned in, here in America. Not <laughs> and babies.
2: Oh boy, I should not have laughed at that. That's going to get clipped in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. This is
0: why we just keep going back to, or at least I keep going back to the fact that, like, the system is broken. It is. system you know is I mean? broken. It's been broken forever.
2: You know, and you know, the, I guess your pessimism is a big reason why I hold out hope. I think of, like, the great players in history, you know, I've heard a lot, especially from people I'm close to, um, and even within my own family, it's like, what are you doing? This is California. You can't change it. You're better off to move. And that's the easier answer. Um, And It's still the wrong mentality. It's the complete wrong mentality. Can you imagine if um, somebody like Newton said, why why fundamentally change the way we look at the world? What you think about the apple is probably wrong.
0: But just look at how this country was started. This country was started on the fact that men didn't like the way their country was going, so they left and to start a new country. Like, you should always be willing to question and willing to to adapt and overcome.
2: Yeah, and the men who started this country looked at the most powerful government the world had ever seen at that point and flipped them off.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think we're heading in the direction where we're going to need more of that. Well, and I want to do an episode
0: on this at some point later, but if you... If you go back there and you know the details about writing the Declaration of Independence, it was such a fucked up thing to do. Not like they shouldn't have ever done it. But, like, if you were to sit there as a family man trying to survive in a whole other country and you're trying to write a piece of paper to go tell what is the strongest country in the world at that time, fuck you, we're done. Like, that takes giant balls (laughs) and you need something like that nowadays right we're we're getting to the point where you're gonna listen this is not going to be comfortable this is not going to be fun it's gonna suck but something has to happen
2: well and i think one on one side this is happening i just happen to be on the side that disagrees with it you know the left (laughs) has these people who do have the balls to tell power to screw off You know, I don't think much intelligence comes out of AOC's mouth, but I got to give her credit where credit is due. Yeah. She's willing to speak to the power of her party and say, I don't care. I want what I want. And here's how and here's how I'm going to get it. Mm -hmm. I don't see a conservative doing that. There's not not a single one in Congress right now. The closest we've gotten in the last 20 years is Trump, for better or for worse.
0: And again, that's why I was just talking about with them, or not just talking about at the beginning of the show, talking about Conservatives just detonated, right? They imploded on themselves. And without skipping a beat, they went right back to it. It's like, wait a minute, retards, wake the fuck up.
2: You know, there's a whole, yeah, there's a whole different, there's a lot of different directions I can go with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is, but am I wrong? Like they, they literally imploded on themselves to a point where you, I guarantee conservatives in the last three months, have lost a shit ton of people. And I'm not saying they went Democratic, but I guarantee they went the other direction to somewhere else because they were like, listen, this shit's getting too crazy. You guys have lost your minds.
2: I guess I would push back a little bit because you're kind of insinuating that the the Democrats have some sort of coalescence that the conservatives don't have. And that's not true either. Um, the MAGA base of the of the Republican Party has been disenfranchised, yes. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's not. I don't know. And sure, in no world should Mitt Romney and Donald Trump be in the same party. That doesn't make any sense to me. No. Um, But on the flip side, there is no world in which Joe Manchin and AOC and Rashida Tlaib should be in the same parties, let alone party. You know what I mean? Because all three of them have vastly different political views.
0: I agree with that. But I just I feel like if anything... and again i sit right of center the democratic side is paying more attention to what's happening with the public where the republican side can't even figure out where they just fucked up you know what i mean like the democratic side at least be like shit. And, and i'm not saying that they're not fucking up in their own way because right. they've got more of a cancel culture thing going on which is like uh, don't even and i'm not sure on.
1: if paying attention is as accurate as maybe saying capitalizing on it
0: uh, okay so yeah agreed they're capitalizing on it but where they're again the republican side i just feel like they're acting like oh that didn't happen we'll just keep on going we'll keep on going it's no big deal (laughs) again i feel like you've they lost a shit ton of people there and i don't know how they're going to get them back i'm curious to how this next election is going to go down
2: i think 2022 and 2024 are going to be very interesting to watch and i think they say this after every election it's so annoying but we're going to really see where the country is headed i think after 2022 I don't want to get I don't want to keep going in circles um, with the whole state's thing. What I would want to end with is a little reflection on a conversation I've had on my show with a Canadian. Um, and I asked this Canadian, his name is Alex. I asked this Canadian, you know what is one thing you think Americans should learn politically? because Canadians are much calmer than Americans when it comes to their politics. And he kind of sat back for a moment and thought to himself and and he came back and I'm paraphrasing his answer, but his answer was essentially, Americans should go back to state's rights because you guys figured this out early on and forgot about it. The important thing here was it's, it's all about representation. It's all about making sure that people are heard, which I know I've said a lot, but it's also a lot about engagement in, you know, having differences in, they call them laboratories of government, right? We've heard that term in our history courses when we were like 10. Mm -hmm. Um, What I want people to take away is not necessarily breaking up California, but like, oh, yay, you know, less liberal states or more conservative. I don't want you to think in those terms. What I want you to think about at the end of the day, whether this be California, New York, Texas, Florida, I don't care, Oregon that we're seeing right now with their separatist movement, is I want people to make the decisions for their communities. And I want smaller so that you can have more of a voice, wherever this might be. That is really the crux of the whole issue. Because if people feel like they're being heard, it makes it to where we're going to have less tragedies, whether that be BLM riots, January 6th riots, or mass shootings in massage parlors. It will make it to where we're going to be more able to talk about the actual issues at play, because let's be real, Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head weren't it, chief. (laughs) It's going to make it to where you can influence elections to send people to D.C., perhaps even go to D.C. yourself if your town just sucks and you're the only person for the job. And it's going to make it to where if you don't like your community, if you live in an L.A. and you want out, you don't have to move Hundreds of miles to get out of its reach. You know, I don't mind uh, states like I don't. I don't mind California having big, bold liberal ideas. um, Because an option for some people is to just move. You don't have that option on the federal level on nearly the same playing grounds. You know, moving out of this country is significantly harder than moving out of the state. So even in the worst case scenario, you can no longer tolerate your community. It would make it. Easier to get out of their grasp, and that sounds bad because it sounds you know we, there's this weird thing where decentralized power just sounds messy, and it is, and it's supposed to be. But it would make it to where everybody can have a better life, no matter where they choose to be, without throwing the whole toilet, throwing the whole country down the toilet.
1: We really enjoyed this conversation, and I liked I liked hearing your ideas because, as I stated before, I was kind of against the idea. Now I'm not nearly as against it. I wouldn't say I'm for it yet. I would still have to do a lot of my own research, but. Oh, there's a lot of logistical headaches to this.
2: <laughs> oh, it do. We haven't even gotten in the legal side of things. It would <laughs> no, be. not at all. No one said it would be easy, but nothing. Can you, the, it wasn't easy to go to the moon with the technology that basically propelled the model T. We did it anyway. We
1: did.
0: But just like I was saying before, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be uncomfortable, but you still have to do it.
1: Yep. But with that being said, Taylor, thanks for being on the show. Uh, where can our listeners check out your show?
2: You can find me on basically any podcast platform you enjoy, even the obscure ones, except for SoundCloud. SoundCloud makes it too hard. <laughs> so just look up Contrarix, at C-O-N-T-R-A-R-I-X on your preferred platform. Or if you want me to do all the work for you, go to Contrarix.com. The link's there.
1: Awesome. Thanks for being on, man. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah, it was a good time. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, Andy, I really, I liked that episode a lot but i couldn't help but notice that there's that weird noise off in the distance. You hear that? Jerry, I'm deaf. Oh, oh I hear better now. Yep. That's right. It's beyond bastards. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is as far as we can go on foot. It's time to buckle up because we're going beyond bastards. Welcome back everyone to another beyond bastards what do we got going on today Jerry uh, well it's just an update from uh, a listener actually a new listener huh Jeff. he he really enjoyed our Bermuda episode which was episode 21 for you new listeners and uh, he really enjoyed the story of the uh, the boat that was off drifting with no crew on it oh yeah yeah yep yeah. he wanted to let us know that he had an idea of what could have actually happened that would be more grounded in reality. Okay. So this is from... What What did we say it was? Oh, this was a story about the ship. The captain found one floating out in,
0: out at sea. He, no, 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 no. I know. Did we, did we give a reason in our show? I don't remember. No, we didn't
1: have a theory. If I made one, it would have been the Matrix.
0: Oh, oh, that's right. That's right.
1: But this theory right here is from Skinny Bob. Skinny Bob. So here's what he has to say about it. Guys on Beautiful Bastards, I have an idea of what may have happened. Because you never see the real side of things. I think the captain went crazy and took that ship. And then when driving it back to land, some of the crewmen didn't want to partake. So they stood up against the captain, which led the captain to killing them too. But when they get back, he had this elaborate story of a ghost ship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're saying he just wanted to off his people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he, he just be... wanted
1: to take this extra ship and just like fucking slaughter people. right? We're just going
0: to knife his ass and, oh my God, the ghost ship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that, that is probably closer to reality. That's my guess. Yeah, and to be honest, that's a pretty plausible theory. Way better than mine. It's true. I still like the whole Sea Monster thing, or Lost City of
0: Atlantis. I don't know. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, that's pretty much it for Beyond Bastards. There's no other updates this week. So, thank you again for listening to the Beautiful Bastards podcast. And please take a few minutes to give us a rating on iTunes. It's a major part of keeping the wheels greased on this shit show, and it helps us keep the lights on so we can keep bringing you new content. So, remember, you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, our website and anywhere else you stream your content from and we have plans coming up to join the youtube universe too but if you enjoy the show you can follow us on twitter at pod bastards instagram at beautiful podcast facebook at bbp or you can check out our website beautifulbastardspodcast.com
0: the people are the only sure reliance for the preservation
1: of our liberty see you guys in new socal <laughs> <laughs>